and welcome to the DS Book Club, a weekly podcast when we talk about some Dungeons and Dragons and how you can fit it into your role-playing campaigns. As ever, I am here with our esteemed leader and co-host of the show, Fiona Katie Howard. Oh, oh full of TRPG's rising star, crit award nominee. But <laughs> DM extraordinaire. I'm looking around oh. to see who this person is because they've yeah. not entered the room. So no, it's you. It's definitely you. Um, oh, thank how you. How are you, Fiona? Uh, tired and a bit manic, just because at the time of recording, we've got a lot of stuff on. Yes. Good fun stuff, but I've just come off the back of a late night stream of Cult Divinity Lost. Yes. Which was uh, very enjoyable, uh, incredibly nerve wracking as I was talking to you off podcast. And yeah. yeah. But it went really well. It went very well. But yes, I think it's become my new personality, which is. Always good. It was always your personality, don't lie. Rip off the face. That's me, (laughs) cult divinity lost. Um, How about yourself, Hamilton? Bowie's extraordinaire, hazards of the stripes. Hazards of the stripes. And general sort of like, look at my Warhammer stuff. And you're like, fuck, that's really cool. So, Uh, Thank you for trying. (laughs) (laughs) Brutal. Yeah, I'm good. I'm excited to be talking about what we are talking today about, which is the book of many things. Which I'm going to say is probably yeah. my favourite book yeah. Wizards have done. I think apart from Planescape, maybe it was really close, but this is really good. It's what I would say out of all the books that have been released this year. Yeah. It feels like a bit like a wild card because obviously, you know, we had like mm. the Shattered Obelisk, we yeah. had Planescape, yeah. Big Beast, of course. Big Beast, yeah. And I feel like, again, this year feels like it's been incredibly long and also incredibly short because obviously we talked about like the OGL and all that stuff at the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know. It's, it's the movie. Yeah. The movie, the movie came out. What? Okay. So there's been lots of stuff coming out. So when this got announced last year, as sort of the end of the docket, like yeah. the Book of Many Things, a D&D source book that's inspired by the Deck of Many Things, I think people, and myself included, went, oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but then they said it was going to be the actual book itself, along with obviously the cards and the yeah. uh, card reference book, which is 80 pages, was 192 pages. And I think a lot of people went, why yeah and the answer is because there's a lot of stuff in it it's a big book and yeah it's it's a lot to get through Mm. it reminds me very much so of minx and boo's journal of villainy that's what it reminds me of a lot and the reasons that i like it so much are because it's just a bigger version of that i think really for those people who didn't listen to our episode on the deck of many things mm. or don't know what the deck of many things are could you give us a quick rundown of what that is oh. sorry put you on the spot a little yes. bit it's a magical item that you mm. can get which has been in the thing since 1979's greyhawk supplement that says this in the book there's a lot of history of it yeah it's changed about throughout the years but generally it comes in two forms of a 22 deck or a 13 deck Mm-hmm. In there, there are cards of that number. Each of them ha- are very Taroka-like or Tarot-like uh, mm-hmm. with a- an image and a name that is more esoteric, such as Fates, Key, Jester, Skull, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Each of those, then, when you when you pick up this card as an item, you could just look at them, and that's fine. It doesn't yep. mean anything. Mm-hmm. But if you then decide to state that you're going to draw a card and how many you're going to draw, once you've done that and the, the cards that you draw to that number will then come to an effect and those effects mm. are determined by the card that you pick they can be wondrous such as gaining immense wealth they mm. can be terrible that you're stuck in a demi-plane prison yes. separated from your body and no one knows where you are or death can come calling to try and fight you it's really cool it's a game breaker game changer uh, as a lot of people know it as mm-hmm. it's a gm's nightmare it's also been called but mm. yeah that is the deck of many things yeah but how that translated to this i think is one of the most interesting proof that concepts no matter where you take them from and this is something Mm. i always like from architecture i remember someone telling me this if you bring something particular to it that's outside of architecture or whatever you're dealing with as a separate conceptual thing that you're interested in or just there as a reference point will bring out something new in it and i think Mm. in this they've gone here is a series of names cards that have effects Mm. or conjure ideas and even talks about using the deck this way to as an oracle or a way of developing npcs that you can then take those things and be like okay jester how could i make this into a source book material and for that they've gone the Sealy Market for example which yeah. is the one at the Sealy Court in the Feywild 
I love it. Amazing. And they've done yeah. that for every single one in a really great way. Yeah. And I love instantly the layout of the book of many mm. things. Again, 22 chapters, which is a lot. Let me tell you, I was racing to finish this this morning. Yeah. Each of them inspired by one of the cards. Again, taking that thematic and like you said, what could we do with this card that it could be character options? It could be backgrounds. Mm. It could be how do you plan an adventure? It could be monsters that appear, magical items. It could be riddles. It could be traps. It could be puzzles. It could be three different types of villains or, or fiends that appear and then a slew of amazing locations that you can go that are some of them are off in the astral sea some of them are bastions where you have organizations that are fighting for control over the deck of many things mm. that was the thing i got to me is that clearly wizards of the coast people who work there must fucking love this item and yeah. have a connection to it i think we both talked about it previously like i've not necessarily come across it in my campaigns as a player but i've definitely used it as a as a gm mm. and no matter what's going to happen in it, it's it is a beautiful way to sort of like, oh well, let's just see, let's let's go for it. Yeah. But I think for me, what the key thing coming across was not only did it take care about, hey, so here's the history right at the beginning. Here's the history of the deck of many things and the different iterations, which again mm. we've only really seen previously in I think. Oh, this is where I can't remember. Was it Planescape? I can't remember. There was there was a book that talked about a bit of history about Dragonlance. Dragonlance. Was it, was it Dragonlance? I think it was Dragonlance. It's one of the, it, oh no! Oh no! Maybe it was Bigbees. Actually, you're right. It there was Bigbees. Again, was, we've read yes. a lot of books recently, so you must forgive us. But yeah, where it sort of referenced, oh, here's some adventures, etc. And the same for this. It talked about a particular adventure, which was like the madness of Garmore Abbey, which is still mm -hmm. available for you to pick up. Which I, I did as well. Just have a quick look and see, you know what you could do for that you know because there were certain modules or certain adventures sorry that was very sort of like inspiring and sort of helped shape what the deck of many things was there was a, a reference to an adventure very early on in like a dragon magazine uh mm. which talked about this idea that yeah. you're in a dungeon and the only way you can get out is to use the cards pull the cards to to get through the doors. Knowing which ones are going to come up, which is kind of amazing, really. I love that. On top of that, that sort of gave you like, okay, so you need to sort of manage what your resources, right? You're like, okay, so we've got to pull at some point the void card. Yeah. Who's going to do that? You know, because we don't know, you know, we might need other people to do this. So I thought that was really cool. And mm. ultimately... I think this book really, it does say quite often, oh, for this chapter is for the DMs only, or this is for the, for the players, etc. So it's both player and DM. But I think what I love about it is that it tries to prove to you that you can use a single deck of 22 cards or 44 mm. or whatever, whatever, however many, because obviously they expand it a little bit as well, to create absolutely anything. And mm. I think that's just a genius marketing ploy perhaps but also like because a lot of times you're like oh, i can't think of any ideas i can't do this i had a comment back about our character panel actually recently and they said like one thing that we may have missed is that what about if we just roll for stuff we talk about random tables all the time rolling and then getting that character go cool i'm going to use those prompts using cards to do the same thing to be like here's the uh yeah. the star that this person was born under yeah. and as a result here's some associated history with that particular star what does that mean i love that zodiac um page which is, is a star isn't it it's the star chapter it's really mm -hmm. cool so i just thought we could just have a general sort of go over it we're not going to go over it in too much detail because mm. frankly you guys could do that <laughs> yeah it's it's a lot and the other thing i'd say as well yes yeah, so we can get it on digital dnd beyond has it up there unfortunately the physical pre-order has been delayed till january for and maybe even later because wow. i know like a, ugh. and that's because the poor quality stuff about the cards which you think it was sort out earlier wouldn't it <laughs> yeah. well this is the interesting thing i think when people come into manufacturing things that aren't necessarily books yeah. it's because it's a little bit out of their remit this is the first time we've had a, a box set with something well, else it's wizards of the coast they literally make a whole series of cards <laughs> so I'm a bit surprised by that. I, I'm surprised with it, but apparently there was concerns about cards warping, cut to different sizes as well. So you think this is That's this weird. should have been a bit of testing beforehand, especially with the run up till Christmas, because I can imagine this being an excellent. Yeah, particularly the cards. So we're only going off like the digital stuff. So obviously we don't have the cards, so we can't really check those out. We can't even check the card reference guide, which would tell you all the different meanings no. and how to do a spread of like you know if you're doing an adventure, if you're telling yeah. someone's fortunes. And of course, it talks about not only the meanings of different cards, but also what it looks like in certain positions if you're doing a mm. certain spread, but also if it's you know upright or inverted, Inverse, all that yeah. sort of it. It's incredibly detailed just quickly on magic the gathering before we move off is they even mention that as an opportunity to use those cards as inspiration yes. for making npcs which i thought was the first time again they've talked about the history but now they're also talking about magic which i was kind of like ah 
you've realized you have other things to talk about, which I thought was quite clever. Someone's kind of come in and said, talk about the history and also just expand the world of D&D to the, you know, magic and everything mm. you do, because you've got all these other things you're not using. And they've gone, oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't need this particular deck. It talks about mm. like, yeah, if you've already got one or if you've got a commander deck of Magic the Gathering, any of those yeah. characters could be inspiration for an item or an adventure or a villain. Yeah. And I was like, that is really clever because, yeah, ultimately you could just get the book and not yeah. have the extra stuff on that, which I, I, I'm i always appreciative of that because I appreciate some people be like, I just want the information. And on top of that as well, I just feel like, there is something for everyone in this book. Mm. One of the early chapters that really drew me was like the riddles and traps, which I, again, because we had a little bit of that in Tasha's, which yeah. was like, here's how you do a trap. Here's some puzzles for people to work out. I love puzzles as a, as a player. Here it gives you a few more bits and pieces to be like, here's some traps to think about and that you could put in anywhere. And then they use these particular traps later on in yes. some of the locations. So yeah. you, again, I thought that was cool. it comes back to that whole Big B's Glory of the Giants and then the Starforged free adventure. Where it was like, we've literally created this adventure from the elements from this book and here's our working out yeah i kind of like that yeah i think even as a gm i'd say once you've got the player's handbook once you've got like monster manual Mm -hmm. it's more important than the dungeon master's guide because i think it actually gives you a lot more to to start off make if you want to make your own campaigns or you want to start making things these sorts of books where it's like here are ideas for traps here are ideas for making adventures here's ways you could expand your characters or your world through weird guilds or weird sects mm. such as the moonstalkers or mm. the aspirants of the comet or the solar bastion yes. you know again just to jumping off on the solar bastion another relationship Very back good. to another product here is another spell jammer location mm-hmm. and i was like Thank goodness they've done that because it makes a lot of sense thematically to the place. But also it's like, yeah, you really didn't give us enough in Spelljammer. Yeah. Doing something more for it in these sorts of books is great because you could take, as I said, the moon. One could be out of a tavern in Sigil. Mm. The aspirants of the comet could be something that's dealing in the multiverse. You could take them into any of these places. And I think little bits of bits that do connect to a campaign setting, but also things that are very campaign setting neutral are great for DMs who are just like starting out because it's like, oh, here we go. Yeah, there could be an overarching idea that the world is coming to end, which is the Heralds of the Comet, uh, which is the Comet chapter. Yeah. Great way to just have a overarching story, a Mm. BBEG built out of it. However, then you can have your own little stories in and amongst it, but you've got this very simple but obvious set of cultists that you can fight mm-hmm. is a dungeon for you to go to here's something that can be dealt with mm-hmm. and then you can as a gm can be dealing with the everyday minutia here's an encounter here's a little village you got yeah. to save here's this mm-hmm. really great introduction to running a campaign over most things you get in the dm's guild which yeah. is starts off by saying now we're gonna make a pantheon <laughs> and you're like, you're like no don't have time <laughs> Yeah, you have sort of these four organizations that talks about. So yeah, you've mentioned uh, the Solar Bastion, the Moonstalkers, which is more of like a, a rogue thieves mm. guild type thing with lycanthropes, and the Heralds of the Comet, which is like this very cult-like things. One thing I'd say about that particular one, I was a bit nervous reading it because it talked about using some seed hooks about people being uh, ensnared and using very similar modern day cult stuff. But I think it was, if, after I had a quick review of it, I think it was done sensitively. Not mm. saying that these people are crazy or wild, because you know they, they target vulnerable people and what I quite liked about all the um, sort of factions that mentioned they've sort of here's some seed hooks for parties to be working alongside but here's their main goal so that you know mm. I think it would be obvious and I think as a GM you, it'd be obvious as you run it out felt like they were never seeing what they believed wasn't true do you know what I mean? So I felt true. that worked yeah. quite well in, in the sense that it made it a cult, but it was also like, well, you can run this as they're making it up. Yeah. You could also infer it. They are an, an evil presence just trying to feed off mm-hmm. the unfortunate, which is something you want you might want to play with in your campaign. Yeah. Or they are the they are the honest ones and no one believes them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and maybe you could remove some of the actual, like, we need to herald the comet coming. We need mm-hmm. to, but it maybe it's more like the comet's coming. Are you not aware in a bit of a yeah. don't look up sort of way yes you know yeah I mean? yeah yeah <laughs> so i think it allowed that openness uh, and for yeah. you to interpret in the way that they wrote it but yeah i know what you mean that there is obviously again as with all of these things and we didn't mm. we've done in our actual play we did mm. talk to your players 
yeah you know figure out if you want to play this how you want to play it because it might not be the the way and then at the sort of opposite end of the compass you have the the grim harrow the undead that are sort of drawn through this again an incredibly great story i think all the factions like their histories and what their tenants are are really well thought out and i know we say this every single book that comes out the artwork for like for the npcs in these characters like certainly for these avatars for the grim champions they're called Oh, they're great. Oh, they're great. I really like it. Oh, Fiona, I've got some Warhammer models that you might like. Oh, excellent. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like, I saw them and I was like, I fucking love these. I am using these. Next time I have an adventure, yeah. the Grim Harrow are making an appearance. At least those champions, they are incredible. Yeah, there's these sort of three different champions that cover different aspects of death. And then on top of that, there is like yeah. the Haunted Hunt or something. Yeah. Again, it feels very, not British in a way, but you know, when we hear about fox hunting, it's this idea that they just hunt for 24 hours. There are yeah. skeletal harrow hounds, which are blink dogs, yeah. which have been corrupted. The skeletal war horses. And again, some great yeah. images of these things plowing through the countryside. But with this beautiful multicolored, oh, like, yeah, it looks spectacular. I'm going back to look at them again now. I'm skipping ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Love it. It's so cool. And even like, okay, the map for the Gardens of Decay isn't the best map in itself, but the description of that place. Yes. And I feel like that is the only map that lets this down. I think there's some amazing maps in this whole thing. Mm. And there's some great art in this section. Then you get to the Gardens of Decay and you're like, that could be so much cool. <laughs> I think this is the interesting thing. So, for chapters 10, 11, 12, so that's the solar bastions, so sun, moon, yeah. stalkers, which is moon, and then comet, which is the heralds of the comets. Mm. They all have very detailed layer maps. Yeah. Whereas the grim arrow ones, they have an overview. That's good. Yeah. Now, to be fair, there is a lot of oh, maps. Yeah, 100%. But it does feel like this one has been like, oh, don't worry about it. And I'm like, yeah, but this is the most interesting one. Godmore Abbey, which mm. is in the ruin one, which talks about like uh, a story which relates back oh, to the one of those old one. stories, which is a, yes. which sounds like a great adventure. The dragon one is the void card, isn't that right? Uh, yes, yes, yeah. the void card, the house of cards. That is cool. That is so cool. That is a one which I'm like, that is easily a quick one shot. Oh yeah, it's like a white blue mountain feel to it, yes. isn't it? Yeah. For those people who aren't aware, so the Void card is deemed the worst card in the sense that your soul is sort of trapped and put into an object yeah. and you have to journey to, to find it because it then gives some... Whereas before, it kind of just said like, oh, you're incapacitated or you, 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 mm. you're not conscious. Here yeah. it says, oh, no, you are conscious. Because uh, again, it talked about agency as yeah. well, which I think was important. It had that and the uh, donjon as well with the donjon sphere. It talked about yes. agency and being split up and what do you well. do there? Oh, I, don't, I like that because that's very sci-fi and mm. very much like that's no moon uh, in the astral sea. Yeah, I was thinking Bowie's and Spelljammer season two. I was like, oh, get that, get them out. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. That is going to be one of the Illithid Empire prisons. That's for sure. Stealing that one. That is so cool. The void uh, one basically is, is where this uh, this person's soul, your character soul is being held. And it just says, mm. okay, it's in a mask and it's in one of these rooms, yeah. but there is a breath drinker which is ter uh, terrifying, two words to put it together in a sentence. But then when you arrive, it feels very Alice in Wonderland-like, like all the rooms are inspired by the cards, as we sort of said, but also all the cards make the floor. It's all sort of yeah, esoteric, everything's image. moving around. And the image of that is really cool. So instantly I'm like, yeah, this is a one-shot thing where people go in and there's puzzles and all the rooms are themed about mm. what the card is. And if you go into certain rooms, uh, you can see the back of the card that you come from. And then there's, there's traps and puzzles and there's creatures you fight. And I think just, again, a really good dungeon that's gone, okay, cards. Uh, it's gone like themes. Yeah. Let's go, you know. I would say as well, for the Planescapers out there, a perfect maze for the Lady of Pain. If you want to get mazed by the Lady of Pain Ooh, or end up yes. the, or try and save someone from the Lady of Pain's maze, great hint for that you know you don't have to keep the cards as an image you could or you could keep the cards as a thing you know as just a theme maybe that's the mm -hmm. the reason they've been mazed someone maybe tried to use the deck of many things to overpower the lady of pain they then got trapped but you need to get in there to find their secret idea or whatever mm -hmm. they you know what or the knowledge they know or you just need to save them because someone misses them but the theme is all these cards because she sort of like sees the irony in that or something like that yeah. i don't know i think that could be a really cool Cool. It just made me think of that when I was reading it. I was like, ah, there's Lady of Pain for you. Out of those sort of, so those locations we've got, they've got sort of six total which aren't connected to a particular faction. Mm. So you sort of said uh, Observatory, which is with the star. Very cool. Very nice and, and succinct that. It talks about like, okay, you can now search for 
the donjon uh, sphere you mm. can find places and you can transport there so that was a new thing i had not seen before that well, using telescopes to get to places that reminded me of something and i proof that if you watch the finale of bowie's i didn't know this before <laughs> yeah <laughs> there may be a several there might be i used uh, oh. another map for an observatory in there because there was an observatory because i stole the idea so i didn't come up with this idea because i had the idea that they go to this observatory it doesn't matter why but that's what the the observatory is meant to be doing to teleport you because i stole it from the oracularry in ah. primus's place in Macanus. Yeah. Um, because yeah, yeah. in that if you stare at an object using the oracularry to point at a point in the multiverse you could teleport to that location so yes. i stole the idea from there which i'm of assuming course. is where they stole the idea from as well because well, i inspired it. not stolen. Yeah, i was inspired, inspired. Yeah, as in i you know what i mean i know what you mean. So good artists borrow great artists steal that was it isn't it uh, so yeah so you've got the observatory which is quite a nice small thing mm. then you've got the seedy market which we sort of talked about which again comes it feels very inspired by that uh witch-like carnival idea yeah. like it there's a moonstone dragon so i was like oh tick tick for hamilton might have gone there a bit quicker than was meant to be because like, oh new dragon <laughs> then you have uh the keep the throne thing which you were sort of referring to this idea that there's a keep somewhere and it, mm. it gives that again another little adventure hook where you know if you pull the throne card it means that you get a keep somewhere and then it has a little story about like there's this necromancer who traps ghosts in it and mm. you can get this place back and there's a little you know a little adventure in there which i thought again nice and contained which yeah. was really good a really great detail about the the moat of that one was that it's completely empty except for all the skeletons in it and there's nothing bad that happens in the moat other than obviously if you fall into it, you'd take damage. But like you could cross the drawbridge, but there's nothing wrong with the drawbridge. But it's like, well, we're gonna go cross the moat. It's like, okay, <laughs> it's difficult terrain. Uh, you get there eventually, which made me laugh. And then, as we sort of said, we had Garmore Abbey, uh, the Donjon Sphere, which again is like this prison essentially, which has a lot of layers to it. And it goes, we're not going to do them in too much detail, but here's the main one, which is a sphere. Mm. Like it connects around, which oh, I just think that's really cool. Yeah, I don't know how I I would love to do it if it was like um. If we could do 3D maps of it, just be able to show how it fits together. Yeah, I felt that was a bit of a shame. I was expecting one. And I was like, oh, this could be really cool. And yeah. even thinking in the, in the days now that we've, we've got D&D Beyond Maps now, and mm. they're looking to make a three-dimensional version of, of the maps, which we saw in the what's happening next year sort of thing, or what, mm. Future of D&D, the previous one, mm-hmm. that it... It would be really cool if they did start making like a three-dimensional map for that because I think that would yeah. be pretty awesome. It does have a very beautiful like side view, like a mm. cut-in side view of what it looks like. But I just thought, just that, like again, if you had that map of the main level yeah. before it goes to the Gilded Labyrinth, which again, yeah. I think that, so this is the thing. So you had like the outside bit, which is basically uh, almost impenetrable apart from one sort of like a portal to get into people. And then you have the Gilded Labyrinth, which is just miles yeah. and miles of like God knows what, which I thought to myself, oh, well, that's something we could create randomly with uh, the dm's guide that sort of the yes. how to make a consistently and never-ending map sort of thing yeah, yeah exactly like easily you could do that uh and then you have the that inner core bit of where they keep the prisoners and stuff which feels very sci-fi and that's yeah. what i quite liked is that this felt the most sci-fi and most connected to Spelljammer because obviously there's a damselfly ship in there that's that's crashed although i'm not entirely sure how it got to where it crashed but you know what doesn't matter i just treat it like a black hole it's got a massive gravity well and it crashes into it that's kind of it that's it isn't it i think the only thing i thought they could have done is at least like take four layers mm. spread them from small medium large extra large or something like that map yeah. and have the center one being one of them mm. and just do it like you would do at the earth when you split it into those sort of funny ovals yeah. and they kind of connect across and that could be just a Ooh. nice little thing i wouldn't be surprised if you went online and googled sphere dungeon yeah. maps you'd find some then you'd be all right with that as well there's yeah. a lot out there <laughs> yeah and then you have obviously we talked about it the house of cards which is again yep. a very cool puzzly type dungeon where you don't mm. find the bits until you go through pretty much all the rooms and then you realize yeah. there's a puzzle that it was all underneath your feet when you first arrived which i i bloody love but i bet as a player that's yeah. really fucking annoying, annoying. <laughs> but it's it's one that you could do in one session. And that's why I quite yeah. like with all the all these maps, all these places. It's like, okay, this is for the DM. This yeah. can be done in one session. Here's some things if you want to make it more deadly or some easier things. It just felt very concise and to the point, which I really, really liked. That was it. That's those are all the sort of like uh nebulous sort of locations. Yeah. Not including those uh, factions that have a bastion per se, which mm. The Garmold Abbey one, that was nice because it had a good history to it. It had a dragon in it yes. as well. Not too much in sort of detail stuff, but it had a really interesting thing about minotaurs in it and this yeah. idea of like uh, archaeologists and then obviously bits of cult stuff. Githyanki made an appearance mm. as well. Uh, and it just was like, oh, this could be a really interesting one. I, again, I would have liked a, a more detailed map of the inner bits. 100%. But, 
you know what? I'm not mad about how many maps there are. There's so much in here where you go, oh yeah, I'll use that. Oh yeah, I'll use that. I just think it's, you could, again, you can find more. Do you know what I mean? You can always mm. find one for a, at a villa or something of that ilk. A lot of these things, as we've said, you know, mentioned linking to Planescape and Spelljam. I think this one mm. even, you could alter it a little bit to make it about investigating, you know, mm. in terms of there's Slardy in it. Uh, so you yes. can maybe relate that to maybe there's a random portal to Pandemonium here or mm. something like that. I also had the idea like, um, I was just on my mind, Planescape, but you could have said it, part of the ruin is it's transported to the plane of um concordant opposition to the outlands yeah because it yeah, kind of yeah. looked like that image and i thought like oh maybe that's part of the ruin and everyone's transported there and the mm-hmm. dragon instead is a time dragon and you could just alter it a little bit like that if you wanted to yeah, yeah and yeah. then that could lead you to the slardy that then leads you to a relationship to pandemonium or something like that i thought mm-hmm. it could have been something i don't know yeah uh, yeah sorry Pan- i mean limbo <laughs> You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Don't or worry. it could have been floating in limbo was another thing. Like it's an mm. isolated place in limbo and maybe they don't even know it. Like the people mm. there don't even know that they're there sort of thing. Like oh, the archaeologists cool. are stuck there or something like that. Any magic items? Uh, this is like back in yeah. chapter five. There's 22 magic items. All great. All of which are inspired by a card. There's 35 sort of stat blocks of monsters. Some of them, obviously, we've talked about a little mm. bit, uh, talking about like uh, those hounds I talked about before, but there's there's all uh, the vultures they've brought in, yeah, which cool. sound grim, uh, I'll be honest. The fate hag, I was like, oh, add one to the mm. sisterhood, absolutely. The only one I didn't really get, and they felt kind of important to me, it was one of those things where I think because of the structure of the book, which I really enjoyed because it obviously made sense thematically, a lot of the stuff like, oh, this information is coming a bit later. Uh, so the rifflers, I kind of felt like they were, for me, a bit of an add-on because basically this idea, we've got these four big factions that are all sort of inspired by or hunting mm. for the deck of many things. And then rifflers are like these sort of fae-like chaotic spirits yes. that have been embodied. And they're like, we're obsessed with these cards. Uh, and so we're going to find them. But it felt more of like, oh, instead of the big factions and groups of people, these are like more individuals, which I kind of understand. But then it was a bit like, so what? I just play them as like Pokemon traders. Yeah. I, I mean... Do you know I what I mean? Just... Hi, I'm... Kesh Atchum. <laughs> and they battle with them in, you know, you could make them a whole like. Oh, that's quite cool. Like, battle yeah, for them in little gyms. Yu Gi Oh type. Yeah. <laughs> I put knight in defense mode. All exactly. I think that's what it would be. Yeah. That's how I saw them. I think that makes more sense because I felt like. The rifflers for me, I don't know if there was maybe some connotations about maybe I said it's me making up this idea of like, oh, we're going to steal these cars and because we're obsessed with them and we're small folk, or maybe that's me. Oh, didn't... I didn't, yeah, I, yeah, didn't I think that's me. Putting... I was just, I just went yeah. straight into the like, they're fey, they're kooky, and they're card collectors, and they're just like avid collectors of cards. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I think... But were they, I didn't know they were meant to be. Well, I don't know. That was the only thing I was like, I wasn't 100% sure. And again, like I said, I rushed through reading it this morning. Same as well. So I, if I've missed something, I might have missed it. I don't know if it would be a um, a creature. I think it could just be anyone who's interested in the cards. Oh yeah, I've picked up what you're saying, that they are diminutive fae reminiscent of gnomes. Yeah, I didn't really pick that up. I, again, in my quick, I don't, in I... my speed re- reading that I do for these. But again, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm yeah. just being a bit sensitive to it. But for me, yeah. I'm just like, I felt like anyone could be obsessed because be what, yeah. what we have some of these factions they sort of like they come from people looking for stuff and then betraying someone and then becoming the leader of a faction or be like no this is too much damaging things you know i just like the idea that it's fey it's just a faith i'd like i would mm. make it i play it like it's a fad like the pokemon craze yeah in the fey i like wild. that yeah and mainly it's like maybe young fey people like of, mm. you know who are just like it's a cool kids thing that like mm. well for the fey like in their 300th year instead of their thousandth year yeah <laughs> and they're just like endlessly trying to collect these cards and it's sort of like oh i got a shiny <laughs> you know and stuff like that. yeah that's how i play it yeah. that seems like a more fun thing yeah. and that they don't really know the damage that, yeah, that they're doing yeah. i think that's more fun mm. i agree with that because again you could have that proper rivalry of people going i need to have that card i'm going to steal it from these adventurers who've found a pack of many things. I think I'd make them a little bit older so that you could then make it that like they come and try and steal one and the Grim Harrow turn up. Yes, exactly. And try and steal all of theirs. Mm. And it becomes like, do you whose side do you choose? There's a little bit of a thing. Does this, you know, then you've got a, there's a bit of conflict to interfere with. I think I prefer that. I think just because just rather than be like, oh, it's this type of uh, lineage yeah. that's obsessed with it. I think it could be anyone. Yeah. I think having that sort of maybe they are fake because they, they've, 
you know, through using the cards. Like we would just be collecting cards. The Fae would collect magical cards. You know, that's yeah, kind of why absolutely. I, Fae. Oh. I like that idea. Or it's a sigil thing, or it's a you know a more mm. magical plane of some description has yeah. got it. And the Fae, because they're sort of playful, it would make sense that that's how they I would. like that. Yeah. And then battling with fools and, and like, I'm going to play the void card. Boom. Ah, <laughs> end of game. Yeah, end yeah, of yeah, game. Yeah. Damn. You know, it comes back to that whole thing about like, if you if they were going to do that, maybe then you'd have another game that, you know, similar to like that in the Golden Vault, it's like, oh, they play a game of uh, Free Dragon Anti. You could play that game right then and oh, there. Could I've you... got it. You know, in the in sorry, when you talk about in the Planescape one where they're all betting on adventurers, mm-hmm, they could yeah. be betting on people across the multiverse yeah. using the deck of many things. So they actually send people out to drop them on people, right? Yeah. It's a whole one of the games in that place. They drop a card on someone, like, oh, hello, master, take this free thing. Taking it. Place your bets now. What are they going to pull? And everyone's betting yeah. on the card they're going to pull. And it's oh, like, cool. void card. Ding, ding, ding. Who had void card? Me. Bingo. <laughs> yeah, bingo. <laughs> it feels something that I can ground it in. And something like, yeah, this actually sounds yeah. really fun and a really interesting way of playing. Yeah. So yeah, 100% on that. Obviously, we've talked about bits of like locations, bits mm. about factions, but also what to do when you you pull a card that talks about, okay, you now have an enemy that hates you, or you now have a knight, etc. So like the rogue card brings out these several different kinds of villains uh, are scaled depending on what adventurer tier you're on. Uh, you also have the knight card, which is like an ally and how to put them into the story. It's not necessarily like, oh, uh, it could be like a knight avatar has appeared and then they've got a little stat block for that but also it's like oh an npc uh, that you've met or someone you're about to meet etc so you doesn't have to be right away for the dm to go oh fuck who am i going to put in for that and then finally the fiends card the uh, the yeah. flames card as well free incredibly badass horrific but very different fiends that could be uh, an antagonist in your game yes the last one whose name i cannot pronounce for oh, love or money malaxix malaxix the shackler malaxix because I, I don't know if the last one's like a... I remember reading something that a pronunciation person for movies mm. when they were doing languages in Game of Thrones. Oh, cool. A good trick if you're trying to make something interesting. It doesn't mean it's always the way it would be. But if mm-hmm. you've got two consonants, one after the other in a sentence, like in a word, sorry, that you should pronounce one one way and one the other way. So like intonate Ooh. it or not. So if you've got like an X, you should do one as an X, like an X sound and one as a ch sound, or for example. Or if you've got an I, you should do it yeah. as like... I D Y instead of saying iddy, you should say I D just so Ooh, like you do one yeah. or idi, you know, so you should always change the second intonation. I, that's really cool. I it's like just an that. Interesting so. thing. That was all. And again, that is my main complaint about this book. There isn't a pronunciation guide, even yeah. though I could probably pronounce quite a lot. But I remember I struggled with Uriel. Uh, when we did the deck of many things. Yeah, I've been saying it completely different in my head. I've been saying Errail. Ariel. Oh, I think Ederail. I think I've even put a D in there for some bad reason. <laughs> I just just wish that they just thought Should about it and had if if you got 192 pages, surely one of them could be I like, know. hey. But these these really cool like fiends or antagonists. You've got the cage worm, which is just a horrible beast that has an yeah. incredible, very cool lair of basically a beehive that yeah. is just hanging from a tree, which has. Oh, scab berries, mm. where the things that are reborn or come back as scabs, so they're a bit harder, a bit crustier, and all that sort of thing. I was like, oh, yes, love to play with that. I love thing. it. Uh, yeah, totally love it. I'm going to say this wrong as well. Uh, Hool Gaze, the Temper, who is like a very much more of a trickster, sort of like, I'm going to bargain with you, very devil like, perhaps. And then you have the, uh, the Shackler, who basically has just a very cool machine. Worm like Leviathan of screeching gears made up of hundreds of tireless Menzoloths. Uh, and again, mm. a really fucking cool image of it just yeah. rusting around and stuff like that. But of course, once once uh, this creature dies, uh, it also goes to rust so you players can't use it, which is fine. But yeah, three very badass sort of like world-ending encounters, really. Again, the whole thing reminds me so much of the Minx and Boos because mm. it deals with all the things we mentioned and loved about that, which is like some high-level stat blocks is always mm. good, which they did have in Planescape. Uh, mm-hmm. They had quite a good jump in there and a good load in the giants one and i think they've really pushed pushed on that which is mm. really good and also that new supplement they've done that we haven't looked at which is the nine hells one which actually does 
use I, I i haven't bought it yet uh but i will send it you after this oh okay <laughs> i would like to know if the stat blocks they've used because they had a lot of the nine hells mm. lords in that um minx and boo so i just wonder if they reuse them or if it's a new mm. set because it is also extra life again yeah it's extra life again. chains of asmodeus yeah. is the name of that one yeah which is like a i think it's at ninth to God knows how many, yeah. how big level of going through every single layer. Have of you hell. read any of it? I've had the quickest look. It's about two hundred pages. I think we need to. We need I, to do that one. I I'm mean, interested. I don't know about you, but I've been reading quite a lot about deck of many things. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't I'm had like, a chance. I just, oh. I know what you have. You have time somehow. You Ooh, find? I do not. I was I like, know, oh, God. somehow you must because the amount of things on your list. I'm like, Fiona, how do you do this? Magic. Well, magic or no sleep. <laughs> <laughs> The final chapter, the Uriel chapter, talks about one of the sort of more consistent yeah. stories about how the Deck of Many Things came about, mm. which involves these two sort of uh, female presenting uh, individuals, uh, Asteria yes. and Uriel, and their sort of friendship and how Asteria saved Uriel by asking the goddess Istus to take from the uh, the stars of many things, uh, the constellations of many things, and yeah. pull them into card form. And it's a very good story. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's the one bit I didn't read. I got to this <gasps> that point. Is fair. And I was just like, this is just a story. I don't need to read this. I've got through all the monsters. Here's the thing. <laughs> I I understand the way they've done the structure, the, the chapter stuff. Mm. This story, it's a good story. It's actually, I think it's a, a nice, succinct way of sort of ending stuff. I wish it was first. Yeah. Because I feel that, you know, these two characters are very important to why it's here. This should have been first chapter because it's not that long it isn't that long and it's no. i think it's quite interesting it talks about how like asteria is like the first character in dnd lore that uh, is autistic and it does it in very subtle ways which is really good mm. it's not like stereotyping in any way which i think is great but it's that sort of thing going why is this the last thing in the book and there's a really beautiful, I think, conclusion. Because again, throughout this book, uh, Asteria has been writing her notes saying like, all oh, this and this and so which has been very, I, been nice. I could have done with a few more of them actually. I actually quite enjoyed her voice throughout. And then mm. the conclusion talks about like what her view is on the deck of many things, which has influenced her life. And she talks about how it's not a good or a bad thing. It just makes you make choices. And that is yeah. the most important thing. And I just thought it was such a beautiful summing up stuff. I just felt that story should have come much earlier. And then we could have seen that progression and stuff. And like, for me, actually, as well, it's not really mentioned that much, but I definitely see the friendship is a bit, maybe a bit more that I don't think it's platonic myself, but it doesn't yeah. read, you doesn't read into that. No, I think it's just, it's, it, it's in there, isn't mm. it? I think it allows it for interpretation. Absolutely. Which I think is the, the essence of all D&D books should be. Absolutely. Of interpretation, offering as much as you can and then letting people, not defining things and letting people mm-hmm. to take them. Like we mentioned with the Rifflers, I think actually you're right. Defining it the way they have actually it lessens the product what they should be encouraging people, mm-hmm. and I think they do more now, is here is the baseline. Yeah. Go forth and create. <laughs> you enjoy. Know? Absolutely. And enjoy and make it what you want. It will be interesting to see if there's anything additional with the book of any things, because obviously that does rely on having the physical... No, it doesn't. The book itself doesn't. Yeah. But I wonder if there'll be some additional things, maybe a, maybe an adventure or some other seedlings. Or just the book of the deck of many more things just becoming available to everyone. Yeah. Because I, I really mm. like all, all the... We didn't mention them, but the different no. variations on the magical deck. And there's a whole chapter about how you can adjust the deck and stack the deck to be yes. better suited to the campaign you want to play. It talked about safety in a, in, in a roundabout mm. way. And that as in like people might not be comfortable with certain cards in this. So maybe you want to replace them or you can... Use them to create your own effect. Like the void doesn't have to mean your soul is ripped from you. It could yeah. mean an interpretation of the void. You're strung out into the atmosphere in stratosphere while, you know, on a spell jammer or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. that could be the, the void and the deck of many more things. I loved a lot of those. Yeah. I bet you can guess which one I like the most. <laughs> I can't remember because there's, there's like 44 of them. What do I love the most? Fiona? Dragons. Yeah, dragons. there's one called oh, Dragon. And, there's and, one you get, dragon. And, you get, and you get a dragon egg and it turns into a wormling that, that is yours. You know what? I, know. That, I, did, I did think to myself, Hamilton, as I, as I scrolled I like, yeah, quickly That's what through. I want. I mean, if I'm going to play a ranger, it's the only ranger I'll ever play now. <laughs> it had this really cool thing, because again, that sort of, again, for the initiated or whatever, it's like, oh, mm. well, there's only 22 cards. And I said, well, actually, the reason there's more yeah. cards is because people have tried to add to the deck, yeah. and it makes so much sense. And it goes, and also, yeah. you can make your own. And if you do, maybe you create a demi-plane mm. with this. Maybe you do this. Yeah. And I just thought, like, great, so now we have a way, uh, unlike, again, I know yeah. I always go back to Spelljammer, which didn't really talk about, like, how do you make your own planet or anything like that. Here, it's like, you can make your 
own stuff and we advise you to um, just go mm. for it. I would add this to anyone who plays the Cartomancer, which we have again mm. haven't talked about, but I'd say, hey, I would add that as a rule. Like you can at each level create a new card of a certain, you know, we work together yeah. in it, DM chat and maybe every sort of like whenever you would have whatever your uh, your subclass option line is you can at those points develop a card uh let's do that as a thing you know as it says in it you should think about then what material components magical spells need to be imbued into it etc mm-hmm. maybe that could be if you've got someone who wants to play with the cartomancer as a feat maybe that's that's yeah. their purpose you know to yeah. create their own deck of cards we talked about it a little bit in the when the ua came and i believe mm. again touchwood it feels very similar the yeah. ua to this uh to this, you know it has the house of cards thing yes a bit too fragile is what we said at the time and you know what fine like yeah. it's it's a cool thing to do and no doubt at some point they'll get oh i can get a mordekainen's a marvelous mansion you're like great well we don't need the card thing anymore yeah it comes back to the idea that you can literally make anything out of a fucking playing card it turns yeah. out and i i just thought that was they worked clearly worked really hard on it everyone's got involved everyone's just got behind this product and as a result i think compared to like like we said last year we were going Oh, okay. Like, oh, I'm interested, but mm. really almost 200 pages. And now I'm like, oh, I'm actually convinced that like, I'm very excited when, when eventually my pack comes, because I'm, I want to use it. I want to be yeah. able to, like, I, I love that Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh idea. I want to do that in my games now. Yeah. I want, I want people to get excited about these cards, mm. even though I'm sure if I look for it, I probably, yeah, I've got a pack of a deck of many things up there already on my shelf. Again, this is one of those ones I'm like, I want to buy that. I do want to buy the card deck because it, it sounds really cool. I want to use it. And mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I, I do like it. Can I do one more shout out on this? Of course is there you can. Is one particular artist in this, I kept looking at their art and was just like, frick, this is the coolest art, which mm-hmm. is that Harry Conway person. Cool. Seriously yeah. cool cards. I'm like, I want that art on in my house. It's so good. Yeah. I've gone and looked at their art elsewhere and it is spectacular. If I was going to do a Mortbork supplement and I had money to do it, like if Ooh. the Kickstarter does well, the next time I want to do one, hey, I ain't doing any of the art anymore. Fuck that. I'm mm-hmm. going to get this guy to do it because it's amazing. It's so good. I think mm-hmm. it's, yeah. Harry, if you're out there. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I would say I would highly recommend, I'll probably I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Wizards always do like a, here's all the stuff you need to know about the deck of many things. And there's interviews with the the writers Mm. and stuff like that. And one thing that Chris Perkins says in one of the interviews is that you'll notice certain cards because of the the family of them have the same artist. And we did that Mm. deliberately because we wanted to show the, the story and connection between them. Yeah. The rogue, the fool, and the jester are all by this character guy. So I exactly, think... uh, like the sun, star, comet, moon, they're all by the same artist as well. Uh, you know, I didn't pick that up. I did wonder, and I didn't think yeah. that hard enough. So there you go. Each card is in the book. Like you can see it. It's like the first thing that you come to. But yeah. unless you have them, because that, that's the only thing actually that I don't think I found. But the the Curse of Strahd uh, revamped. It has a here's all the cards, and it has some like as a layout presumably mm. for you to to scan and, and reprint stuff. it would have been nice to have a full layout to see the 22 cards in like what they look like yes and the same for the, the extra 44 cards as well just so that we could see it in its total yeah. i know this is why i think again this is one to have as a book because i bet yeah. those pages i'm hoping those images are full page spreads i mm. i haven't seen have you seen a, a flick through i haven't seen one all we're seeing is the book of many things uh, the book mm. of many things there is a 80 page card reference book yeah I feel like currently we only have half of product. Yeah. I mean, for me, as a DM that's planning stuff, this is great. And it's just, I think it's just, oh, you know, when it's one of those things where they've had a bit of a year and we're very aware of all of the bad stuff, you think this is the one that you need to get right. And I don't think people realized how good this product is until yeah. really recently when all these videos sort of came out and they were like, oh yeah, I really want to copy. It's like, well, you can't get it for another two months because of poor quality cards, uh, which obviously they yeah. do not want. They don't want that. It's let down by that, but I, I will say I am looking forward to hopefully in January, you know, touch wood, uh, I can actually see them and then look look at all of them and yeah. go, right, what can I make? You know, and actually go, I want, I want to go through the process of making an adventure. Just seeing the alt cover. Oh my giddy aunt. Gorgeous, isn't it? But like, it starts off by saying like, okay, depending on, obviously I've said before, like you laid them out and there's like a nine spread version of it you can have cards that are underneath other cards so it's like here's the encounter on the top card and then underneath is the treasure card and mm. what does that inspire and i thought 
that's really cool as well. You, like again, all these different combinations and stuff is really cool. But again, you could do this with Magic the Gathering cards. You could do it with a normal deck or a tarot card that you set. You could buy. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see my oblique strategies up there. So maybe, maybe we'll bring that hey. your favorite. <laughs> I did use that in oh I, uh, spoilers. Yeah, I, I know you did. <laughs> I recommend anyone using the oblique strategies. It might come up in Bowie's at some point, and I had a lot of fun with it. Interpreting mm-hmm. that is a good way. I didn't even think of that as a good reference for this, but yes, got a affirmation deck up there as well. Which uh, again, oh. it's <laughs> let me give you one. Okay, is it actually a playing cards as well? Yeah, they're like little playing cards. But they've got little quotes on it, and it's something to take as your affirmation for the day. So. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Okay. So this, oh, this is good. Your one is "I am powerful." I feel it already. <laughs> Been to the gym yesterday, so yeah. Done. Oh, mine is "I am here to enjoy this life." Oh. You, you see the italicize on "enjoy" there. So there you go. So that's the key word of the day. <laughs> enjoy. Anything else that you wanted to say or any last takeaway message of no uh, I think I think we've covered it in a really great way and I, I I feel like our conversation has really expressed hopefully how much we've really enjoyed this book I, yeah. I, I well I've talked personally I've really enjoyed it. it sounds like you have as well but oh I loved it if anyone is questioning is it worth getting mm. yes I would say yes it is definitely more of a DM's book I would Agreed. say that but I think as a player it's still infinitely fascinating and i mm. would draw so many things for new characters i, I really want to yes. play a character that's based on one of the different star signs yeah and, and i'd love to like build a cartomancer in a more detailed way because it, it's only a background at the moment isn't it a feat mm, yeah. as well feats and spells and stuff yeah i feel like i would try and build that into a roguish player mm. maybe build on that a bit more or even a warlock maybe could be really mm. cool everyone wants to be gambit right i think this is the perfect tool if, that, if you're like oh, i really want to start DMing, but I don't know what. This is the book. Yeah. Go for it. Like it's aimed at everyone, but I think yeah. those people who are not so sure about stuff, using this as a crutch or as a support. I think support rather than crutch, obviously. Because I know some people again might be like, I don't give a toss about the tech of anything. And yeah. I know of it. I enjoy it, but it's not, you know, but I can imagine people forcing it into their campaigns. And none of this has to even involve the deck. It no. could be like, here's some ideas, but if you don't want to use the deck. Here's some other ideas. The ruin of the castle doesn't have to be due to the ruin from the card. It can just be a castle that's come to ruin or of some description, like family yeah. ruin or the, the last lord uh, spent all the money gambling. It's just, And it's just gone to, or it was burnt in a fire, like a lot of ruined exactly. buildings in this country. And even just the star signs are an interesting thing. Yeah. I do hope that it doesn't put people off for exactly that reason you said, oh, I'm not interested mm-hmm. in the deck of many things because it, it really is a book of many things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it literally is. It, it just, it happens to use this very awesome, interesting mm. conceptual basis to make something. You've got the player's handbook, you've got the monster manual, next one to buy. It's the book of many things, I think, because yeah. if you want a GM, it's perfect. We're always like, well, here's other uh, RPGs that aren't D&D. Again, I would get this and use this in other RPGs oh, as well, easily. Yeah, no, 100%. I'm thinking like, how can you put the deck of many things, but like a version of the deck of many things for Mortborg. I, kind I of was think, literally like, going to say Mortborg, you know, it's all yeah. over Mortborg. Because they've got seven, there's seven miseries. You just have to do seven, I think. And you could just yeah. make them the seven most worst things. <laughs> you know, it doesn't do anything good. Yeah, I'm sure Cult could have something similar, yeah, exactly, you know, all yeah. that sort of things. And there's definitely many uses out of this mm. as well. Little things could be tweaked. But ultimately, I'm very excited. I hope other people get excited as well. Because I think yeah. I, I think some people, like, again, I can imagine people going, I don't need a very expensive, because it, it's not cheap to yeah. get the full, the physical thing. But I hope people will just check it out. And I hope maybe there's a free mm. chapter or a free, like, because there's lots of articles on it as well. I just hope people get a chance to actually look at it and go... I want to use that in my campaign. I think also taking this and look at other things that are similar in nature. Maybe if you've got anything that you know of that I can't think of the top of my head, but if there's, you know, like if you've got a cool set of cards from anything as mm. well, as you said, as we said with the Magic the Gathering, but even I got those cards I mentioned in our character development, which were mm. the backstory ones. You of know, course. like a lot of those could just be Oracle star cards and they just yeah. say things. And I feel like that, that's another, it's making me think of all these things. Like, could I interpret different things to make things in, in a different way? Well, Hamilton, we've spoke 
many yeah. things about the deck of many things. This is the podcast of many things. It is. It really is. Actually, you know what? We should do an actual shout out to the deck of many aces because yes, 100%. their whole show is that has characters that are inspired by one mm. of the 22 cards. So I, yeah. I'll put a link in the uh, description. So for people who are like, is there a podcast that features this yeah. in a sort of more actual play thing? They were already on it. Really good show as well. And always a fan of anything Chloe does. So yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, Chloe and Am and, and all, all the friends there. Hamilton. What yes. are you what yeah. are you up to? Yes. Mm, what are you up to? What any any exciting projects? What's happening uh, with you, my friend? I'm hoping by the time this comes out, Bowie should be out. I am in the process of well, as we speak right now, three are up unloaded. The fourth one is export. Is it hundred percent exporting? Oh, interesting. Oh, it's got 36 seconds left of exporting. Well, there you go. And I'm just tidying these first 10 up. That's all I'm doing at the moment. But I feel like I've just got to I've just got to go for it. I've been yep. ex- and, and it's going to be out before I need it to be out before we get to Dragon Meat. So I or it might be the weekend of Dragon Meat that it's out as in like it's that Friday before is the first one or something like that. I'm trying to figure mm. out the date in my mind just so that I can start saying something. Yeah. And yeah, they, it will be out. It should be out by now. And it's there. And you can watch me and Chloe, as we just mentioned, playing Jareth the Goblin King. And you've got Taylor playing Hunky Dory. And you've got Jeremy Cobb playing Major Tom. And eventually, Kim Rich will be on there playing Ziggy. And yeah, I've been enjoying listening back to it again. Good. Because I've edited out all the shit I've done. <laughs> I did. No, you're, you're putting out the artwork as well. I have been putting the artwork out. Yeah, I'm, I hope people are enjoying it. It took, yeah. it took some time on it. It looks beautiful. Oh, thank you. And yeah, the thing I'm like, oh, I drew some ships for them, but I hardly ever really used them. <laughs> so I might just put the art out and go, this is the ship. Yeah, <laughs> um, do it. I never used it in the thing. I've, I showed it briefly. It took me like eight days to draw, but oh. uh, I used it for five <laughs> seconds, you know. Uh, to be honest, it was I enjoyed the process as much as anything. I mean, one of the ships I drew, spoiler alert, is crashing in the first scene. So, oh, well. you know, why did I bother? Because <laughs> oh. I felt it was necessary. I'm sure you could make those into like print-on-demand little figurines, yeah. you know, if you put it on DM skills. Yeah, no, I will do. I think uh, I, I, the other thing I want to do is take Jareth. Uh, I'm going to put together, because I've got the notes for it. We made a Goblin King um particular way of making the character mm. it, rules for the labyrinth and mm-hmm. all this sort of stuff so if you want to find that somewhere that will probably be out at some point as well i'm going to try and get that out there because it's there and it's done and uh i love the ideas we came up with and then yeah what what when where and how yeah yeah absolutely yes because we're desperately trying to finish this episode uh what am i rolling is a twice monthly rpg one shot podcast as always it's going very well in terms of episodes that are coming out uh going rogue to ease currently on its way out we've got a few interviews that are coming out as well if you want to see me doing some actual play stuff the last thing i'm doing before uh this the end of this year is cult divinity loss on the rp geeks so it's like yeah. an actual live stream very good as i think i mentioned already i can't remember but if i didn't it's very good thank you thank you i'll send you money so- you can't cut me out twice it's in there at least once damn <laughs> if you've enjoyed the stuff i did with in terms of alien uh, mm. solemn veil it's contemporary horror with lots of philosophical and religious uh, iconography but also incredibly mature content so oh yeah if you're not feeling it that's totally fine you do not have to watch it but it is yeah, one, like not a, as i said not for the very yeah it's very grim you said the lore was really good on the stream. I haven't. You said you were really fascinated by it, so I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm the, interested to have a read of it. To be honest, yeah, now, said it. the media touchstones are a bit like Matrix, Constantine, uh, Hellraiser, Ooh. obviously. So all those sort of ideas of being in an illusion. Yeah, it's in real. It seems like it's real world, but there's fucked up shit going on in the real exactly. world. Exactly. Yeah. With all that out of the way, thank you so much for listening, folks, and we yeah. will see, see you, you on the flip side of the deck. Whoa! Whoa! Mind melt! Look at that track card! <laughs> 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 <laughs>